Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast. The PPP, the post-practice podcast. I don't know what I said. <laughs> post-practice podcast edition. I don't know what I always say edition at the end of my things. No idea why. But welcome. It's Singapore GP week, race week, and we've had some practice sessions. And of course, we're reflecting on it, seeing what's going down in the world of Formula One and joining me in your ears. And live on Twitch on WTF1 Official is none other than the founder, Tom Bellingham. That's the longest intro I've ever had. Thank you. I don't it's think that's true. I think I've, I've, I've definitely hyped yeah, you up true. for longer. Um, Singapore GP, toughest race of the year. And FP1, let's, let's look at FP1 first. Lewis Hamilton went fastest for the first time this year. Yeah, in a in a practice session, that's wild, isn't it? Imagine Can't saying believe. that last year. Well, actually, I predicted that they would be the third fastest car. Uh, just wanted to pop that in at every single you're, opportunity. You're dining off that, aren't you? I am. I am eating. I am feasting off of that because Ferrari have uh, finished me in every other way. So uh, I have to, you know, lean on one prediction I got right out of a hundred. Uh, but yes, free practice one. Of course, we had uh, Hamilton up there. We had Verstappen that was just always so damn quick out the blocks. That man just, just, just like anyone else, any normal human being just goes out, beds themselves in over a few laps. Max Verstappen is just quick immediately, every time without fail. It's quite scary, isn't it? He, Singapore, obviously not been there for a very long time, 2019. It's going to be probably uh, for a lot of people, first time watching that uh, is Singapore. That's mad welcome yeah. welcome, welcome to, to watching Singapore. Singapore hope you enjoy it more than Matt does <laughs> well look, Singapore is very much like a Monaco with a bit more overtaking opportunities but not much you know it's it's quite exciting to uh to, to watch the drivers in qualifying it's exciting to see the driver's eyes with their clear visors it's exciting that it's a night race <laughs> this but is giving actually... me uh Latifi likes yeah. the Teller vibes, isn't it? That, <laughs> like, well, you can see, yeah, you can. Could... <laughs> it's like I worst race trying... on the calendar, but you can see their eyes. <laughs> the thing is, I was trying to find a segue to be like Latifi does like the Teller, though, doesn't he? I didn't have one, but thank you, Tommy, for getting that vibe. Um, <laughs> but when it comes to the race, I, I mean, we haven't had it yet. We haven't been around Singapore for a little while. Um, yeah, it just doesn't excite me too much um, unless there's a bit of rain causes a bit of chaos which is potential potential for uh, for rain on sunday but maybe not in the evening uh, that's the problem there but um mm. yeah it just doesn't get the juices flowing as much as you know an old school track where you know that you come into race day and there may well be some some lovely overtakes maybe the new cars will provide better action fingers crossed well if they I... don't then singapore's in the mud yeah but they'll be on the calendar for a very long time <laughs> fair well done singapore Good work. Weird to see Singapore at, uh, in the day as well, isn't it? I never get used to that. Uh, no, one, of course, it was uh, daylight uh, and went into dusk. Completely and... dis- different vibe. Just watching the onboards and stuff, it doesn't it doesn't look anywhere near as cool. If you look at, you know, I know this this is sound sounding very Monaco of me, but I am looking forward to qualifying. You know, when you get the onboards around Singapore and they're going absolute full and just going for it um the best possible lap they can do is truly thrilling but 
um yeah in the daytime completely different vibe really definitely yeah it's um yeah, it's a weird one. And also as well, it's similar to Bahrain in a lot of ways. Of course, that's a night race. And then you have free practice one, which is very much earlier in the day. And it's not particularly representative. Uh, Singapore, the same. Free practice two was was probably the, the, the most representative session in terms of practices over the course of the weekend, because it was a, at a similar time to what we'll have uh, for qualifying and the race. So FP1, we had Hamilton fastest ahead of Verstappen, Leclerc, Perez, Russell. I think the big thing was that Hamilton was obviously fastest and the second clear of Russell, but you can't digest too much from free practice one. Free practice two, actually no, FP1. What do we have? Lance Stroll hit the wall. He did. We had a, a lot of moments, didn't we? We had a lot of moments, a lot of wall bangings between the two practice sessions. Um, we had uh, George Russell going off at the same corner about 40 times. Yeah. Just yeah. kept uh, kept messing up at, is it turn 13, I want to say, or something like that? But The one after where the Singapore sling used to be, uh, before he got onto the bridge. And yeah, he kept going into the wall there. One time he just avoided, uh, actually went into the wall, but luckily Very not a tiny. big crash. Um, but yeah, one, one of the main things uh, was science's huge moment as well. That was... Uh, quite shocking a couple of big was, moments yeah. you had the uh, had the place where the lance stroll went into the wall which he narrowly missed with a with a correction but then also around the final corner where he went onto the exit curb there and unsettled the car and that could have been an almighty instance so thankfully carlos Sainz caught that one um uh, but yeah he also ended up fastest in free practice two which is um well it was a ferrari one two actually Ferrari hype train Gonna bask in the glory of that. Although Verstappen only managed eight laps, uh, and I was crying because, of course, Leclerc had some problems in both free practice one with his brakes, free practice two, not so sure, but that the floor was off um, for quite a bit of free practice two. Um, so yeah, g- good Ferrari vibes. You're thinking, yes, Formula One is back. I'm like, yay, you're gonna enjoy. Some- oh, he's got a problem with what now? Brakes? Yeah, floors <laughs> off. <laughs> you couldn't write it, could you? That we no. got back to what's felt like quite a long time to be fair that we've missed formula one back on track Verstappen's going around lapping two seconds quicker than everyone at the start and then you've just got a shot of ferrari the car's broken already and um yeah seemed like normal service but then actually when it came to fp2 Verstappen seemed to have problems didn't do many laps ended up doing less than than leclerc actually with eight laps leclerc did 14 uh, and then obviously science 23. So missed out on a lot of running, but um, yeah, looking good for Ferrari, but you just never know. We've said that a lot this year. And well, uh, no, it's got a, it's got a Ferrari one, two written all over it. Hasn't it really? Um, <laughs> It'd be good, for, good for the race. Good for the race. If Ferrari are quick and at the front, cause they don't tend to normally have the race pace so that would mix it up a bit if you had them two at the front and maybe holding the pack up because we know it's difficult to overtake that's what we want to see for the race i think that would that would be great for the race remember leclerc had uh, a victory stolen off of him uh, from ferrari a few years ago here didn't he uh, with a, a bit of a strategy i'd, yeah. I'd say Vettel also made it work very well with his oh undercut. yeah um, to, to jump Leclerc, but of course, Charles was not happy at all uh, then. But yes, back to 2022. And yeah, Verstappen having issues, but still looking very quick. Mercedes as well. You know, we mentioned Hamilton being uh, top of FP1, but also just generally looking there. 
in terms of quality and 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 yeah quality trim and usually their race pace is where they come into their own so it could be a very fascinating six car well five car battle yeah, Perez not looking so great again this weekend at the moment oh, I know I know he didn't get as much running but he looks I mean he did more laps than Verstappen and he is over off. a second off wow yeah. um it's just really going downhill for for Sergio this last part of the season he's um probably very fortunate that uh he signed his contract back when he was the greatest of all time in Monaco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah, because he was saying, oh, I maybe I signed too early. Well, no, I'm, I think he's quite glad that he signed yeah, his contract now, isn't he? Um, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see about that one. Um, let's roll on to now another talking point that's been very big in the world of Formula One coming up to this weekend. And that's some murmurs around the budget cap for last year. Now, the teams, I think Christian Horner said in an interview that they had submitted all their costs in March. But of course, the FIA have to go through all of their due diligence and check and everything. Um, and now it seems as though middle of next week, we're going to hear which teams have gone over the budget cap. And there's actually a couple that are rumoured to have done so. Now, those two murmurs, these are not confirmed, uh, are Red Bull and Aston Martin. Those are the two that a lot of people are suggesting are the two teams that went over the cap. Now, when we break this down, the ruling of the budget cap isn't massively clear in terms of what penalty you'll get for however much you go over it. So there's a threshold of up to 5% over the budget cap. There's It's like a minor penalty uh, or minor breach, whatever you want to call it. And then over 5% is a material breach, I think it's called, um, where it's a, a more serious issue. Do you want me to read out the... Have you got them there? Go on, I've you do it. It. I've got it on screen. You've got it, do it. I've got it on screen. Um, so yeah, 2021 budget cap was £145 million. Uh, a minor uh, is overspend of less than 5%, like you said, uh, which could result in a deduction of drivers and constructors championship points, suspension from one or more stages of competition, limitations on ability... Con- to conduct aerodynamic or other testing or reduction of the cost cap. And then you've got major, which is overspend of more than 5%, and which is deduction of drivers and constructors championship points again, suspension from one or more stages of competition, suspension from an entire competition, exclusion from the championship, and reduction of the cost cap. So, so yeah. with that, you're probably thinking, well, that's not very clear as to what, you know, what the difference is between under 5% and over 5%, apart from a few more strong wordings, because it's so vague as to what actually could happen. And the reason they've done that is because they don't want teams to know what the penalty will be for under 5% and over 5% or anything in between, because they will then do a bit of a, oh, well, to be fair, if we just spend an extra five mil, yeah, we lose maybe 50 points and give them five mil themselves for it as a fine. That'll actually be worth it in the grand scheme of winning the constructors title, for example, or, or whatever it is. Uh, so that's exactly. why it's vague. And now Formula One finds himself and, and the FIA finds themselves in a very difficult position where they either one make a massive sort of, I don't know, they have to make a massive statement here of, well, you two, you two get in the naughty corner. You have you've done this. You've you've spe- you've overspent. That is a breach of the rules. 
you will be penalized x y and z or they go oh it's only the first year you know there's lots of teething issues teething problems we're not going to exclude red bull from the championship what did michael massey retire for you know we can't be <laughs> can't be losing mm for for nothing so it's it's just a a weird situation to be in because they either have to make a a, a proper statement here or the budget cap can't exist it's one or the other there's nothing in between because if they just slap them on the wrist then everyone will break the budget cap yeah i mean teams have got away with stuff in the past haven't they um it's a difficult one because while it should this shouldn't be the case to go back and change the world championship result now i'm sure that obviously there's a a portion on twitter that would like that very much uh of course forward lap 58 hashtag (laughs) but um yeah it's obviously they they need to they need to do it but you know we've seen in the past i can think of obviously the whole hoo-ha of ferrari's engine that they were getting away with for a very long time um and what again, that was a sealed document. No sorry, one, yes, no one will ever know light of what, day. What, what that was. I'm sure for it definitely context, wasn't. In a nutshell, for those that didn't watch Formula One, then Ferrari had a very saucy engine, potentially illegal, definitely illegal, and the <laughs> and the conversations they had with the FIA and an agreement came to, which was in a sealed document that has never seen the light of day. The end. Yeah. Uh, other examples I can think of a uh, Mercedes. It's going back a bit further, but obviously it's completely illegal to do in-season testing. You're not allowed to do in-season testing. And um, Mercedes just did three days of testing. They did, uh, I think it was a thousand kilometer test at Barcelona with Pirelli. And again, all the talk, I remember it being like, could they be excluded and all this kind of stuff? They just got a reprimand. So they they can be lenient with things it's whether they it's what it's what route they go down do they want to make a huge example of it to be like no you can't do this because like you say will teams then go all right well three percent's worth it uh especially if i mean if you look at it like it's really hard to look at it uh from this but obviously max won the title by an extremely small margin Ooh. uh it's not like, oh, we would have won it anyway. So, say it was this year, it'd be like, oh, well, yeah, they've gone 1% over or whatever, and he would have won by a mile anyway. But last year, such fine margins. Um, what do they do? So, yeah, it's going to be a very interesting few days. Uh, obviously, seen Toto's jumped on on this, of, which of course he has, and he'll be um, doing everything he can to rekindle a bit of Netflix drama with Christian Horner and trying to twist the knife into it um maybe this is the the drama that netflix needed from a a kind of now the season's plateauing out and 2022 a a terrible season for a championship fight let's go back to 2021 yeah let's throw a drama bomb in in there and yeah you could just Just see the really like dramatic interview with toto going well look they they cheated one way now now they also overspent uh, and stuff like that, and, you know, and you can just be like, "Oh, then it's oh my god, for stopping on the inside." You can just see it. You can see the drama uh, from a mile away. Um, but that is something that will potentially become quite a big storm. Um, it depends how the FIA treats it. Um, sure, it'll be I taken cannot... very well on F on Twitter. 
yeah, I cannot for a second think that they will implement anything that will affect last year's uh, championship. Thing is, if they give a team five, ten million pound fine, is that really going to affect Red Bull, who's won the constructors' title and made the most money out of everyone from the prize money? I'd go it's... as far as even saying Red Bull would rather have won the drivers' title and get completely disqualified from the constructors title um because they've even said especially for a team like red bull and it's all about marketing the driver's title is the is the one isn't it in terms of the the prestige and and gets people talking and stuff constructors title is a bit like okay constructors title has been won but uh, I, I, I mean, I know, I know I, it's good for the teams. The big, dogs, the big dogs are still absolutely keen to win the constructors because there's the tens teams. of millions of pounds. Oh, yeah, for their for their pockets. Yeah. yeah. In terms of the actual sport. For the, for the history. Yeah. Like, I'm sure there's a split in every team where you go, oh, you know, the drivers, that's what we want, blah, blah, blah. And, and there's others that go, yeah, but how are we paying your bills if you're not making us tens of millions of pounds? It's, uh, yeah, it's interesting. But mm. um, yeah, so we'll, we'll developments of that will probably unfold in between singapore and japan by the by the sounds of it uh but my god you best be ready to log into twitter if the fia do anything uh regarding last year's championship uh don't think they will personally what do you think will happen tommy i think they'll look into it and they'll get quite a soft um they might have gone over. It sounds like it is in the minor category. Because um, this is the thing that they've, if you look at minor and major, like I've got it on, on my screen right now, minor says deduction of drivers, constructors points, and major says deduction of drivers, constructors points. So people will jump on that, even if it's a minor one, that they'll say, well, why didn't you implement that? I would be amazed if they change the result of a world championship in september of the following year it will be october actually by then um and yeah uh, i'm sure it will be taken very well on twitter when that happens and not no talk of bias between anything oh no absolutely <laughs> not and obviously this is pending on whether or not this is actually true and that red Bull and aston martin if those are the two teams uh, have overspent you know if this all comes uh, to fruition and uh, yeah we'll have to wait to see what the fia say next week uh, and finally uh, and for this post practice podcast edition thing uh, we're going to briefly touch on the six sprints which um, was announced earlier this week uh, which for next year if you didn't know six sprints rather than three um, went down uh, not particularly well I'd say probably about a 50-50 split again uh, between the fans. Uh, it's easy to get caught up in the echo chamber of social media that everybody hates sprints. I don't think that's the case. Nope. Sure. Uh, yeah, it's so easy. Like Every fan hates this just because you see four people on your Twitter going, no, I don't like sprints. And then you think that every fan hates it. And then we've done it before where we've done polls and then the reality is, to be fair, I think the polls closer. were. I think the polls last time I did a poll was roughly fifty-fifty. Yeah. Uh, so that is quite a significant split compared to maybe like an eighty-twenty, where you still have that echo chamber of people going, "No, I hate it," whatever. But it is a uh, yeah. It still it shows that it's divide. Yeah, it still shows that it's not quite as you know. I've seen so many people tweet, 
all F1 fans hate sprints. I mean, I'm just looking in our Twitch chat right now and someone says sprint trash. And then the next comment is sprints are fine. So um, it it is going to divide people. The thing is, however much people say sprints are trash and don't like them, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because (laughs) the TV ratings will always be the thing that Formula One go off. And however much you say, complain on Twitter and go, I don't like sprints. The reality is you're tuning in a lot more likely to tune in for the Saturday because you're watching a race instead of qualifying. And equally, so many more people, if they can, and not everyone is in, is in a fortunate position to be able to do this because some people work obviously nine to five uh, and Monday to Friday. But the the reality is that a lot more people would be watching on Friday and it's the same on track as well. I noticed a big difference, even though the Silverstone crowd is um, always a, a big one and you get a lot of people there for Friday, the hype from that sprint weekend of that weekend of it being like, oh yeah, Friday, it's qualifying today. It was, you know, huge cheers in the grandstand. And then it felt weird to go back the next year and it not be that. I don't Mm. know about you, but I I felt the atmosphere was very weird on the Friday because I kind of, I know this is me who's not a particular fan of practice, but it was just a weird practice. Let's let's be real. It was just a weird one where I was like, oh yeah, there's no qualifying today. Seems odd. Yeah, I think that there's a split where if you're going to the track, I don't think it'll be a 50-50 split as to whether or not you like sprints. I think it's people are absorbing it on television it seems to be a different level of uh entertainment in that sense i don't know why i can't put my finger on why it's different between watching it on tv and watching it in person maybe it's because you feel like you're getting your money's worth if you're going there to the track and it is very exciting to to be there and you've got friday and there's quali and all it's tomorrow's a race and and whatnot um i'm still towards the fact of six maybe being too many but that's just my opinion uh and that's because I'm a traditionalist and I like what Formula One has been for, for many, many years. That's not to say that I'm not happy to try three sprints because I was last year and sometimes they work. I think six sprints could work if they tweak the format to make it better. At the moment, sprints are very much just a teaser to the race. They rejig what could have been a jumbled up qualifying back to its normal order and we don't get any element of strategy or anything. You just get a sprint race. No, not really any surprises that we don't get much action in those sprints. Whereas if you had, and it might be a bit gimmicky, faster degrading tires or something that makes these sprints rather than the first third of a race and then we have the rest of it tomorrow or, you know, an extra third to the race, sorry. You have something that's unique to the sprint that makes it exciting um so that's that's what i think if they do that and the sprint doesn't just feel like it's going to be a drs train for 20 laps then i could get on board yeah i i don't disagree with that obviously i banter about the fact that the end of the day you're getting an actual mini race instead of fp3 which signed me up all day long um as someone that you know, it's part of our, our job to be there every and watch every session and it makes the 
session more exciting um and the, the weekend more exciting because there's more meaningful sessions um but i'm not gonna sit here and pretend that the sprint format is perfect i would argue i can't even sit here and say it's great because there are a lot of problems with it in my opinion that i like the, i like the concept of having more meaningful sessions over the weekend but for me it's still not quite right and i think the, the problem is like you say that it just it just becomes that first stint of a race without the pit stop um that's when so the, the should... race changes so what like if they had an ultra tire or something that really degrades and it's a bit of jeopardy of do you start on the soft or medium i know that's we've it. had a little bit of that but it's not quite enough is it it's not a lot of a lot of the races they do pick the same one and even if they do it's like one or two positions i'd love to see it where <laughs> i know i know people go oh it's a bit gimmicky but Charles Leclerc, you'll obviously love me for mentioning this map, but Charles Leclerc at, uh, in F2 in Bahrain, whatever year, the, one, the year he won the title, the sprint race he pitted, didn't he? And he could fly through the field and it was that risk of, do you pit? Because the tyres are so, like, they degrade so much that it's that gamble of staying out or pitting and flying through the field and making up all those places anyway. That would be brilliant. But the problem is, like you say, they're stuck in a DRS train. The the points aren't enough for you to really go, oh, why would I send it down the inside? Because I'm only getting what, one point here. And if I mess it up, I'm starting last instead of fifth. So, why yeah. don't they just get rid of wherever you finish in the sprint races where you start on Sunday? Why can't it just be a sprint for points? Yeah, but then I guess the other the other teams at the back have nothing to fight for. But then you could argue they don't anyway. Yeah, because I know people say, "Oh, there's nothing to fight for," but um, you know, you still get you still get like a Hassner Williams fighting over fifteenth or whatever. You just just because there's no points on offer doesn't mean they're not going to race each other. It's a difficult, very difficult debate, um, but it's definitely something that needs tweaking um, because. Yeah. If they want this sprint to be a thing that captures a new audience and wada yada yada, and you know you get something every day of the week you go, and to also justify ticket prices probably, uh, then yeah, they they need to do a proper investigation into how they can make it better. Uh, definitely, um, some people in the Twitch chat are saying just use the F two format. Definitely worth trying, I'd say. Yeah, uh, see see what it's like. Top cars cars are I still Verstappen's gonna been win doing anyway. That. Verstappen's been doing that for the last three races. So, um, yeah, so we'll see. But it's a, it's a really, really interesting topic. And I'm sure we'll go into it in a lot more detail, uh, maybe when the sprints are announced and, and things like that, as to to where where we're going racing next year. Well, tw- going racing twice uh, in those six venues. Okay, Tommy, I think we're about done. Final thoughts? Final thoughts are that... Alex Alvin, fair play. Coming back, uh, didn't know if he was going to be well enough, but putting a good performance. I know he's um, racing against Latifi, so it's not uh, not difficult. But the fact he that does he's... does love Nutella, though. He does love Nutella, but he's annihilated Latifi again, and he's just come back in there, 
didn't know if he was going to be fit and well enough. Singapore's going to be a big ask for a Grand Prix to return to. But so far, so good for him. And yeah, fair play. Good to see him back and uh, and well after what sounded like a very scary moment. Absolutely. Echo your thoughts completely there. Um, great to see Albon back in the car. Hopefully after today, he'll still feel up for qualifying in the race uh, tomorrow and Sunday. I know that they will obviously be playing it by ear to see how he feels, but fingers crossed from his performance, at least, it seems as though he's all good. Um, and yeah, my final thoughts are I hope it rains uh, this weekend. Please. So do I. Mix it up. Although it does look like we've got quite an interesting qualifying tomorrow, but we'll be live on Twitch, WCF1 official. It'll be Tommy and Katie. And then on Sunday, it'll be myself and Tommy doing the race watch along. So thank you, everybody. Thank you to everybody watching live on Twitch as well. WCF1 official, if you haven't followed already, hashtag WCF1 podcast if you want to get involved in the discussion. And that is about it. We'll see you tomorrow live on Twitch if you want to come watch us. And uh, yeah, peace out. Adios. Bye. 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 I'm not going to wave. I'm going to resist. You didn't wave. Well done.